Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, we are live. Uh, wow. What a uh, conference opener. We, we knew the Big 12 was going to be an absolute, uh, as it always is, a brawl, a fist fight. But... Oh, we got to talk about it, boys. But hmm, what are we doing, B turn? What are we doing? Oh, this sounds terrible. But we got to talk about it. <laughs> I feel dirty after that win. I feel a little, a little dirty. Never seen uh, it before at Allen. I mean, I don't know. So we got to talk. We got to start there. We got to talk about the flagrant foul on our guy, Ernie. Uh, what do we think? I, me and AB were talking a little before we recorded. I certainly understand why people are pissed that it was called flagrant. It was soft, I think. I was shocked they did it. Now, you see some people, Seth Davis said, by the rule, that's a flagrant foul. I don't know. B-turn, where are you on it? I I don't feel great about the win, but I'll take it. I mean, it definitely is tough just because of the situation and when it happened. Um, It couldn't have happened at a worse time. Like, if that happens in the first half, people probably don't say anything. I'll be the first to admit I'm sitting there sweating other college basketball uh, gambling wagers out. So I didn't like actively see it live. Like I didn't, I didn't see, get the best look at it. And then at the replay, I kind of see Ernie throw an elbow back. So I kind of need to see it again or see it more and definitely want your guys take on it. I don't, did, do you guys think he did it intentionally? Like, should it have been a – like, if that is in the first half, 10 minutes into the game, would there be outrage or was it an intentional foul? Well, A.B., I want to hear your thoughts first and then I'll give mine. Yeah, I I was a little iffy on it, to be honest. I think with the context and everything, it's going to make it look a lot worse. But I don't even like what you said with 10 minutes left in the first half. I don't think they call it there. If I don't know what the exact rule is. I don't know if it has to be a flagrant to call anything or if they can look at it and say – yeah, that's a foul, but clearly he wasn't trying to, like, jab Dickinson in the throat or whatever happened. Like, there was no intent behind it, but I don't know, man. It's just a tough time. Like, I, hey, they called it. We won. There's nothing anyone can do about it, so we might as well celebrate, and I think we're going to. But at the end of the day, like, I can't look at that video honestly and say, yeah, that was the right call. We didn't get bailed out big time there. You, it took it from us being down by two TCU's ball minutes ago to a tie game with a minute to go where we end up taking the lead. Like, yeah, and a, a tough spot. A must, a must stop for KU there. I mean, Ernie gets mm-hmm. the ball. They're pushing it up the floor. It was five on four. It really went from Raftery saying, why did they stop the game to – Colin and Gene Steratore, who I thought would be like at an NFL game right now, like calling in, doing calls for them, is doing CBS um, KU game, coming in and saying that, yeah, they should have stopped the play. I I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. He didn't say it should have been a flagrant, right? Steratore? I don't think anybody really – yeah, nobody really felt like it was going to be a flagrant on the broadcast. Um, I – I don't know. What I will say is live right when it happened, 
I was like, I yelled, like I was like, oh, flagrant, because like it looked pretty aggressive live. Um, but then you see the replay and you see that it really wasn't a full elbow. It was just kind of like a a hand and a forearm. And yes, it probably hurt really bad, but the slow-mo version of it certainly did not look like a, like a flagrant. Um, but man, and I'll be honest, I always forget how that rule works. The fact that we got two free throws and, and got the ball after they had a fast break going the other way, five on four. Like I said, we got to all go take a shower. We feel, we don't feel great about this win, but, that's life in the Big 12. You take it. You move on. Um, I guess, like, my question would be, say we're playing in Lubbock or say we're playing in Bramlage and that exact situation happens. Like, how pissed are we? I'm oh. losing my mind. On this pod really? right now, we're screaming. Like, it's yes. like yes. meltdown from Selection Sunday last year. Like, that game yes. was stolen from us. Oh, yeah. Because we did, KU didn't deserve to win that game. They turned it over 36 times. We missed 100 <laughs> layups. Somehow, Juan made the toughest – um, shot attempt he took all day, which that was obviously a big bucket. Um, but if that happened on the road in a Big 12 game, like in a tough environment where KU just flat out outplayed the other team and the other team didn't deserve to win and you get a board and you're pushing it down the floor up by two with a chance really – I mean, if TCU scores there, goes up four or five, KU's – not saying it's over, but they're screwed. Like if that, if that happened to KU on the road – we would be on this pod quicker than we just got on now talking about it. And we would have probably recorded for two hours and we'd still be firing off tweets with our thumbs. And yes. Oh man. Yes, I would have acted like a child. If that call mm-hmm. was called against us, I would have melted down. Um, and that's the thing. Like I'm glad we're doing this show right now. Cause I'm not on Twitter seeing all the takes. I can't imagine <laughs> Uh, the conspiracy theories, all the takes about how this is why Kansas wins the Big 12. It's because the refs. Like, this is one where I'm just probably going to stay out of it and be like, yeah, it was a, it was a bad call. Or, but that's the thing. I don't know, like Seth Davis said, if by the book, I, I'll say this, that call gets called all the time. There's mm-hmm. tons and tons of plays where you turn away and you're like, that's a flagrant? Like, it's just overall kind of a stupid rule. It's kind of like the targeting rule in football. Kind of like an inconsistent call where you just don't know, like, what kind of flagrant it's going to be, flagrant one or two. Like, you even hear the announcers, like, say that should be a two. It ends up being a one or vice versa. I don't even – what are the differences? Two gets you ejected? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, the fact that, yeah, Ernie got the rebounder. I think it was Ernie. And then we got the steal. I mean, if – Kevin McCullers – Kevin McCuller is getting very bailed out because of that. Yeah. Game, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Hunter <laughs> got good pass I've ever seen. Hunter got elite position down low, and Kev threw a fastball to him, stole it, and then yeah, it's their ball going the other way, and then literally a four point like that handed KU four points. I'm not saying the call wasn't right or wrong, but I, I, I like I said, the situation and the time like where it happened just makes it even yeah. worse, and like you obviously want the players to go dictate and um, make the plays down the stretch and just let the players play kind of like that Iowa State KU game we talk about where DeWan hit that game winner where they just let the players play and the refs don't have any – have their hands a part of the game. But, yeah, I don't – that's tough because, like I said, we would be furious. I mean, but here's the thing. Yes, it was brutal for TCU, but KU comes down, they make the free throws – they score, and then they score again on the final possession of the game. So, like, yes, 
it was a bad controversial call, but after that, KU still had to execute every offensive possession the rest of the game to win that game, and they did. And like that's what we've said all year about this team. It's never pretty. In fact, it's disgusting a lot of times, but they always find a way to win. Now, this one feels a little crazier because of uh, just the way it happened. And yeah, I mean, it, we don't need to spend probably too much more time on it. It's just the combination of the fast break plus free throws, plus getting the ball that then led to points is like, you could argue it's a six point swing, but at the same time, if they don't call it and TCU doesn't score there, we probably could have scored and sent it to overtime and we would have probably won in overtime. Um, AB. Yes, buddy. I was just going to say, you said on Twitter, it's the worst call since the speed travel. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I one thing I always like to remind people about the speed travel is that even if he does get called for travel, the game goes to overtime, and I promise KU wins that game in overtime. I can't stand the takes when they're like, "Oh, K State would have won if they don't if they call the speed travel." No, they wouldn't have. This one is different. TCU might have won this game. Would have probably won this game if they don't call that. So, AB, I was going to say, do you actually stand by that take? here 20 minutes after that's the worst call since that <clears throat> that's crazy because i was going to ask you guys if where it compared to the speed travel it sounds like you have your answer because it would have changed the result of the game but yeah i mean i believe it i guess i'm struggling to come up with another call that comes to mind directly that especially between now we and don't we don't really we don't normally get calls at allen either so Never. it's hard to, it's hard to think of no it's hard to yeah, think of any like i can it's think it's nice of to be on the right today. side yeah mm-hmm. it's but, uh but the thing I'll say about the two calls is like Spees was blatantly one thousand percent the wrong call. Two steps. This one, like I said, two it's been called before. It's called. You're going to see this exact call get called three other times in college basketball today. Yeah, I, I think bet. that's a, that's the biggest issue going on just in sports in general right now is there's way too many things and like rules or guidelines, however you want to say it, that happen multiple times in every single game. And no one can explain to you what the right call is. Think about football. I'm watching a game right now. There's going to be two plays in this Raven-Steelers game where we look at the replay and we're like, was that a catch or did he not catch it? Like, that's the most fucking basic thing to happen in a game of football. And no one can explain to you what the right call is going to be when we're looking at slow motion replays. And that's Uh, what I thought of today during that call. It's like, yeah, I guess there was contact. And yeah, it was to the head or neck. But I have no idea what the hell these guys are going to call or what the right call is, what the wrong call is, what the guidelines are. There's just way too much gray area in sports in general to make it like, honestly, and, worth arguing over. But it makes it more infuriating to argue over every single time because it, it's almost like it's built in for half the people. It's like everything in this world. It's built in that half the people are just going to disagree with whatever the call that comes yeah. out. The crazier thing is that we get to review all these things and we still can't get consistency. (laughs) Like it's different if these refs have to just make the call and then that's the call. But the fact that we get to go back and look at a replay zoomed in and we still don't know what a catch is. Still we're like, the refs are like, well, is that, I don't know. I don't know. What is a flagrant one? So stupid. Another, another thing on that, um, on the flagrant was Steratore and the announcers didn't even know if, that would have just been a play on like, cause Hunter obviously got hit in the face, fell, they stopped the play like Steratore and the announcers didn't even know if that's a play where you stop or you just let TCU go five on four. So like, I guess if the refs didn't stop that, which Raftery um, and his 78 year old self 
or sorry, 87, 97-year-old self. <laughs> mm. um, he thought it should have been a play on. So what if the refs don't blow the whistle there? TCU just goes five on four, it gets a layup, and they never even stop it or go look at it. Yeah, I mean, then we are complaining that it wasn't called at least a foul on the spot. Like, at some point, that call, it would have been a bad call if TCU, if if Ernest doesn't get called for anything there, because you just can't swing your, even though it's an accident and it wasn't malicious, it's still a foul to just swing your arm and hit someone in the face. So, like, either way, the refs were, I think the most fair thing in that scenario, if you just wanted to be fair, is you don't call the flagrant, but after stopping the five on four, like once you stop the five on four, I think it's fair to be like, all right, well, yeah, we probably shouldn't have stopped that, but uh, we're not going to call it a flagrant. The fact that we got both things to go our way was, uh, you know, you love to see it. You really do. Can you imagine uh, a, can you imagine the NCAA tournament game being decided exactly like that just happened? But I was going to say, this is karma. Uh, This is what we get. For and we had a five on four in the national mm-hmm. title game under two minutes to play, and we just stopped and we're like, "Come on, boys, catch J-Bow. up, come catch up." Like this is karma. This is the basketball gods giving it back to us for what we did. And uh, so, did yeah. we lose that game? No, I was gonna say, could the karma <laughs> maybe have just been us winning that game. <laughs> hey, karma, karma works in weird ways, fellas. Can I say uh, one more thing about Raftery and uh, Nestler today? Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love them. Raftery's an all-time legend. I think my favorite part of the game was when Sharon Collins got the kickball in the stands, and it took him, like, minutes to realize oh, that yeah. it was Sharon Collins. He was standing there. The camera stayed on him for, seriously, a 30-second shot. And they're just like, and look at this crowd giving this fan a standing ovation. Look and at the this produ- guy. He's so happy. And the producer had to say something, probably. You know the producers are in the speaker like, that's Sharon Collins. He's a legend. <laughs> say his name. Raftery's like, Sharon? Yeah. Why? You know what's um, you know what's sad and how big of a loser I am. Hmm. I was supposed to be sitting next to S dot and oh, no. didn't wake up in time. And you should not admit these things publicly. You couldn't <laughs> wake up in time for a one p.m. tip off. I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> Been there, <laughs> Brad. Did you hear Nestler when they showed a baby with a? in the stands and he goes no pacifiers in basketball well, yeah. that was also funny that was Tyler that was Tyler Tyler Self. yeah yeah yeah, that either. yeah. yeah. self was right there the best coaching basketball son yeah i mean the <laughs> guy is really old i still love bill rafferty always oh, the uh, best nothing like a little remy they made me uh <laughs> yeah that's brutal that you could have been right there uh it would have been just another classic version I of like where it. Where is B turn? And it's like, oh, here's another picture of B turn in some outrageous place that mm-hmm. he has no business being, but he's made it happen. Well, what if uh, I just took the ball from S dot? <laughs> fired a fired playing one on one with him. <laughs> yeah. So I love when they act like it's a surprise when he goes to games too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sean Collins back to the <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Uh, okay. So enough about the flagrant. Let's. It is what it is. There's no reason to waste too much more time talking about it. I think we're all pretty Can't much do anything. Games. But we do got to talk. I mean, we just fresh last week. AB, you said this team wasn't losing a game for a while in Big 12 play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about how we're probably going to drop a bad home game. <laughs> we talked about how games are going to be really close. 
and we got what happened. I mean, yeah, we were right about most of it, or we were right about all of it. Um, but wow, is I can't handle that. If that's every game in Big Twelve play, I can't do it. I don't that's think it every, will be. That's every game against TCU for us. I was looking back at it. We haven't beat TCU by double digits at home since 2017. Every game's a battle. They killed us last year. I and every I, time we I don't remember that. Them, yeah, every time we go you at home, I'm like, you probably yeah. slept through it, B turn. <laughs> it was a 3 p.m. tip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, AB, what were you saying? No, I was just saying, like, I never take them seriously when that game comes up on the schedule. It's like I forget what happens every single year that we play them at home. But it's been a long stretch. Remember the year we won the title? We played them twice in three days because of the weird COVID cancellation or whatever. They almost won them both, yeah. They killed us once, and they almost beat us at Allen a couple days later. So, I don't know. Bad Um, matchup, I guess. But I have a question I've been wanting to ask for for this episode, and we talk about it all the time. At what point did you guys get nervous during that game, if at all? Uh, I, I mean, I was hammering KU over and because over Because it's KU at Allen. KU at Allen, we talk about this all the time. They could be, we've seen West Virginia with a couple minutes left down double digits. We've seen people just break free throws that hit the backboard. Once again today, which I was going to bring up, didn't want to forget it. Someone, or I think it was Jameer Nelson Jr. had a chance to win it. Didn't even hit the rim. I know it was contested, but once again, late, As always, late in the game, think- yeah, no one can make a clutch shot in Allen Fieldhouse. I hope that doesn't come back to haunt us. I don't believe in stuff. And it's like not that, just that they're taking bad shots a lot of times. Like, yeah, go downhill and attack. Yeah. Or, also, maybe give it to the guy that had a thousand points and has missed a shot in a year. <laughs> I don't he know. Hit a, he hit a seventeen footer like out of bounds with two Dude, guys on him. He was coming off screens like he was Steph Curry in the 08 like NCAA tournament, he looked incredible. And when I saw his stats on the season, I could not believe it because he was sick. Like I know people were mad at us for not guarding him well enough, but he was also catching the ball on the run, coming off screens, making threes. Like it was literally reminding me of like JJ Redick at Duke. Like when he would just sprint around the court, coming off screens and firing and making them like it was very impressive. And so for TCU to settle on a Jameer Nelson, like, heave there i that's on them like that's my thing is yes it was a bad call but then from there on out we executed better over and over again um but nervous wise were you ever nervous oh Oh, yeah i was nervous i stood in front of the tv when you know i'm nervous it's when i just stand up and start staring and like three feet from the tv i think it wasn't until i didn't get out of my bed today until dewan made that tough two-pointer i just (laughs) want to admit that i sat up But I, yeah, it feels dirty, like I said. But it's like, what can you do about it? Like, you're not gonna go back in time, and so it's like, I'm gonna take any Big Twelve win, and what the Big Twelve opener streak goes back to what now? It's 33, I think. That would have ended it. I mean, AB, how confident before the game were you? I think on the podcast mm. last week you said, well, TCU, that's Big Twelve opener. We don't lose those. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, it didn't even. I didn't contemplate one time that they were going to lose. Um, 33 years. But to answer your other question, the only the time I got like actually nervous, I can't remember when in the game it was, but there was a time in the second half we got up, what, four or five? And I was like, all right, this is where the run happens. They're going to get up <laughs> eight or nine. It's going to be in that six to 12 window the rest of the way and be comfortable. 
and then immediately TCU hit like 12 threes in a row or whatever it was, and they just kept fighting back. And at that point, it was a battle for the final eight to ten minutes, whatever it was, something around there. But Yeah, I mean, I was definitely – the final five minutes of the game was when I was nervous because, like, that's when I started – probably the final three minutes. I can't even remember the exact point, but it was just – you could tell our offense – we got to talk about it, but like, did Kevin spin- score in the second our, half? Uh, Free throws. Yeah. You know, it wanted too late. I remember for sure. I mean, Nestler tried to jinx him 87 times. <laughs> He's made 97 straight free throws. <laughs> Goes to the line again. He's made 106 straight free throws. So the entire second half or most of the game, our group text, like we're all kind of being like, man, Dewan's got to get going. Dewan's got to look to score. What is Dewan doing? Like, and it's very fitting that he hits ten points. He hits double digits to put us in the lead. Put us in the lead late in that game. Like, it. I I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Dewan shooting versus not shooting thing because it's like, what Why more not? can we say? What more can we say? He needs to do it. Everyone knows he needs to do it. When he doesn't do it, it's bad for the team. But in his defense, he he made some buckets late. He forced some fouls on fast breaks late. And But it is just like, man, why can he not try to score more? Like you said, what can he say? Yeah. I, I just can't. Like, I, I don't have it in me really to talk about him negatively. Yeah. You know, yeah, because mm-hmm. he, and he still made plays late. Like, that's what he does. But it's like as fans, we get mad. But trust me, like the staff is on him about it more than the fans. Like they want him to shoot. CB said it. He's been like this since he was a kid. He's passed first. He wants to get everyone involved. That's just who he is. It's tough, too, because we talk about game planning for KU when you have two All-Americans. I was looking last night, betting odds. Two of the top three are on Kansas. Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson. Second and third on the list for Naismith Award. So you got those two All-Americans. We talk about how you can prepare for them, kind of double um, Hunter in the post, and teams have let KJ just roam around. KJ, great player, and he made some absurd plays today that we got to talk about. But obviously he's not a threat from, what, 17 feet and out, maybe 15. He made clutch free throws. But and I'm not even hating on KJ, but that's just what teams have done. So it'd be nice if one of our guards became a threat. Um, yeah. even just driving it around the rim. Um, I don't know what Dewan was from three today. I know he hit one, but the previous like four games, he was, I think, six of 10 from three or something. He, he hit two was 0 for games. one today from three. So I think we all know he's not like a creator and he can't, he's not creating um, jumpers for himself. So he's kind of just a spot up jump shooter, but it's, I feel like it's all wide open looks. Like I would love to see him just step into one guarded mm. and make teams respect it. And I feel like, like he, teams, teams know he can shoot. Yeah, teams know he can shoot. Yeah. So I I don't know, man. I don't get it. But that this is has he changed who he is since he's been here? Like this is really who Dewan <laughs> has been from the jump. He dimes. He plays defense. And I I I think he's too unselfish right now. And I think we've talked about it for a couple of weeks. Like. I was talking to Tyshawn about this, how 
a lot of his passes have been getting deflected. Like he's trying to throw bounce passes when he should probably put some loft on it or he's throwing it too hard when he should put some loft on it or vice versa. But a lot of his, and I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like a lot of his passes are getting deflected and he's kind of becoming too unselfish. And I hate saying that because I love him as much as any KU player. Yeah. I was just looking at his uh, like game log and everything. Uh, he's averaging two and a half turnovers a night, which is up half a turnover a game per last year. Uh, he was at two even. Um, and I agree with what you were kind of saying at the end. I don't know if that's what you meant, but that's kind of how I took it. He's like, it's he's so scared to shoot and everyone sees him as this distributor and should be the best point guard in college basketball. He just tries to do too much sometimes. Like you don't, there's too much talent on this team and he's too talented of a player to have to do some like NBA street volume two pass to get KJ Adams an open dunk. And it feels like whether he's driving baseline, not knowing where he's going and already ruling out a layup that he tries these whip around passes or just bad entry feeds. It's just like, it's hard for me to understand because there are things that we've seen him do for four years now that we've fallen in love with. And it's trying, he's like adding another level. It's like, all right, expert mode. Now I got to make this, you know, more difficult because I have more talent around me than I've had at least in a year and a half. Who, um, yeah. what was the Timberlake comment um, in the comments here on YouTube? I can't find it or I don't know how to pin it. When was it? 341. Mm. Well, while we look for that, yeah. girl. oh, there we go. Yeah. So I don't, I keep, I feel like this is like false hope for me almost. And I don't know if you guys agree, just because we know we need someone to come off the bench and provide good minutes and be a knockdown jump shooter. Like, he had a good game against Yale and then UMKC. We talked about Ofer from the floor today. He hit a night, he hit a big three with 10, 11 minutes left. He made a fast break layup, but then he has the turnover to KJ when we get momentum rolling. Just, just a lazy, yeah. slow fucking sorry, lazy <laughs> bounce pass, stolen, gone. And then I'm not going to get mad at the guy for missing a three, but there was a three before he hit the three that we had a ton of momentum that the place would have. Yeah, exploded. But I, you know how he got that like open three like, because Dewan Harris drove the basketball, the drive or the possession before. Yeah. Opens everything up. I'm sorry, I was really it, emotional. No, you're good. I just, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's like false hope to where we know Nick can shoot it, we know he's capable as a D1 player, but is it just kind of false hope where we know we need someone off the bench and we know we need a spark and another score? I I think today was a very very Baylor discouraging. Today was very discouraging when it comes to like Oats. the t- the two spot because mm-hmm. I thought I think we all agreed last week El Marco took a big step forward, had the best game of his Kansas career against Wichita State, and I think you could argue that he maybe just had. I mean, maybe today wasn't his worst game in a uniform, but he essentially just did nothing. Played twenty four I mean, minutes. Mm-hmm. Two rebounds. He took one three, took four shots, like oh. just one he turnover. Got but- when TCU tied it late on that step back or took the lead, what I can't remember the situation, but Jameer Nelson had that step back like Jordan in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill, then it's just like <laughs> Bill did something crazy today at the end of the game and he was not stubborn and he he put Johnny Furphy in the game over El Marco, which I kind of thought was wild. Um just because Bill kind of sticks with his guns, especially late, and El Marco's a better defender, um, at least according to Bill. 
And usually he just sticks with the same guys, kind of stays stubborn. But yeah, he brought Furphy in there, kind of sat El Marco late. And God, he was not very good today on both ends. I mean, that's... so yeah. So like what you said about Timberlake, I I don't know if I'd call it false hope. I still think like there is such an opportunity for either Furphy, Timberlake, or Jackson to take over. I think Jackson's probably going to be the starter. But there's an opportunity to be the guy playing the final five minutes if you're Timberlake, Furphy, or Jackson. Like it, and so it, I don't have total, I don't, I guess I wouldn't say it's false hope because I'm just so convinced that one of them will be trusted later in the game. But as of now, you gotta, are, you ta- are you laughing at stinker? You have to pin that comment. He played for one, 0.1 seconds. That is the quickest yeah. poll in Bill's self history, besides like subbing in and out late in games. Jamari McDowell caught it on the right wing. He dribbled. played two minutes. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I saw it for like 0.2 seconds, caught it on the right wing, dribbled, picked it up, double dribble, Bill, points. Go. Oh, You're but out. there is nothing funnier <laughs> than the Bill Self just quick immediate point after. <laughs> Did Timberlake get immediately doing? pulled after his? Like, is oh. that the last we saw of him? Uh, maybe the chat knows. I immediately thought about it. I don't remember, but right when he turned that over, because it was the laziest, softest bounce pass to kick. And why would you bounce? Like, what was he doing? That's what but, I tweeted. Like the Some false, our- the false hope thing for me. Like when Timberlake and Furphy hit back-to-back threes, I felt something. Like I think I got slightly aroused for a second. Mm-hmm. But we just need shooters. Was that actual size? <laughs> no, smaller. Uh, but oh, I just – we need shooting that bad. And I feel like I get so excited about the most weird little things this year because we we just don't have shooters. Like – like we, me and AB talked about this last week. Our, we're shooting it at a great clip, but we're not shooting any. Like Hunter is literally freaking 17 for 30 or something around that from three. Dewan, I was looking last night. I'm pretty sure he's like 15 for 30. Yeah. yeah. Before today, 15 for 30, I think he went one for two. So they're both 50% or above. They just don't shoot threes. So when you got the whiteys coming off the bench firing and making them, Start getting, start feeling a little something. It it is like it's addicting because we've seen every year there seems to be like a guy on a Bill Self team that something clicks for him in January or February. So like when Timberlake hits a three, I'm like, here we go, here we go. But Nick Timberlake, it's not true. just he is so far from being. I just think it's those things like the bounce pass and. The yeah, today he had some good defensive plays, but it's a lot of times it's him defensively where he's just not even close. Um, so I am struggling to believe that Timberlake's going to be the guy. I think it's got to be El Marco, but I also think Furphy is for sure. Like I would, my hope is higher that Furphy will be a little better by the end of the year than I am Timberlake, but I don't know. I don't care who it is. We just need somebody that you can trust. Like there were points in the game where even Furphy doesn't look comfortable dribbling the ball up the court or no, that's why Timberlake is over here. Timberlake seems to try to get rid of the ball as fast as he can. A lot of times, like it's, I don't know. It's wild that I would say that really none of them have seemed to improve that much from the start of the season, but 
like we said, El Marco showed flashes. Furphy has absolutely showed flashes at times. And Timberlake, even what was the Yale game that Timberlake was really good? So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it just needs to be something where it doesn't matter who it is consistently. It just needs to be one of them every night. Consistent. One of them, yeah. I thought he was going to say consistent to guard. Like, we, I f- we got excited about um, El Marco against Wichita State at the Sprint Center. It was his best game as a Jayhawk. And that really is what I was most excited to watch today because, I mean, I've repeated this 100 times. We know what we're getting from the other starters. We just need that that guard that can go create, go get a bucket. And we were we we saw flashes against Wichita State. So I was most excited to see El Marco and continue to see him progress. And it was – I mean, almost as bad as he's been. So it's like, who is going to be a consistent two guard that can go score? Like you need guard play in March. I know Kev is so good, but it's like, that's a wing. And then you have a big, like we need a guard that can fucking score. And I don't know who it's going to be. And that's why I think people are negative about this team. But like Rice said on Twitter, we've beaten three of the best teams in the country. People were slobbing on Marquette forever. They have four losses and half the time they have six players on the court at once. So <laughs> and uh I don't know. Four I, losses is kind of wild for them. Marquette's just that's I I don't think Marquette's ever gonna be like a uh are we ever really gonna look at Marquette as a true national title contender? I don't think I ever will. No. Yeah. We'd be silly too. Um can I say one thing before we move on? We're 33 minutes into the show and not once have we mentioned that. Hunter Dickinson had the casual 30 <laughs> points and 11 rebounds today. <laughs> yeah, and he should be the National Player of the Year favorite, and I'm tired of it being Edie. I get that Edie averages, what, 23 and 10? What's Dickinson Hunter average? ain't far off. He's I know. Golly. Yeah. Let's see. They got these updated numbies yet. What would um what would Hunter average if Kev didn't come back? I mean, it would be 40 and 20. Going I into today, he- it was 18 and a half and 12 and a half. And he had 30 points and 11 rebounds. So. I was fully convinced he'd have 40 today before half. Like, obviously, his boy Marty was in the house. He was getting paint touches every time, nailing threes, getting to the line. He went <laughs> he went to the line late um, in the first half, I think, with 18 points and missed the front end of a one-and-one. One. So that would have got him to 20. And then he missed a wide-open three. So I he easily could have 20-plus in the first. I got to go get my charger. All right. <laughs> He screamed that. <laughs> but I I was fully convinced he would have 40, and I'm so glad they they got him touches late, and I feel like he deserved a paint touch almost every possession. But I was thinking this late in the game, and I mostly wanted to ask you this, but if you gave Bill Self – I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Give Bill Self a timeout whenever. What is your – to draw up a play for Hunter Dickinson down low, what are your percentages or confidence level that it would record in an elite paint touch and probably two? Nah, like if you ask Bill just... that, what would he say? I wonder what he would say. Like just I off would, the record. I would say like I'm at probably like 70%, 75% confidence that we're going to find a way to run the right offense and get Hunter Dickinson a really good look. Now – that's also going to be very hard as time goes on. If that's all we go to late in games, like teams are just going to, f- I, I really can't understand how TCU allows that to happen on that final play there. Like <laughs> you what did. you have a guy who all was on the floor 
was it was it El Marco or Furphy for that final? I think it was Furphy for the final offensive possession. Eh, it might have been El Marco. But like you've got a guy that hasn't shot. You've got it it just shocks me that Bill continuously it's like we've said about the inbounds play. He continuously just runs the same stuff at the same moments and it just always works. Even like when when Chop was routinely working every single time we needed a three late in a game. So I don't know. I am very confident, but I also really, really wish we had something else to go to in case a team does just extremely overhead John Dickinson somehow. I think, I guess McCuller maybe driving to the bucket or something's an option, but I don't know. I still worry about us. If we need a bucket, it's hard to rely on just making a perfect entry pass to do that. So Got away with it today. You guys want uh, updated Ken Palm numbers? Yeah. We dropped from 15th to 17th in the country. And our defense still sits at eight while the offense is down to 35th. 13th. I know you don't maybe. care. I know. I get it. I'm just saying it's – But it, it's, it makes me a little nervous that, like, yeah, we're winning games, but – I what's I the, think it – I'm not saying we don't have good wins. I'm just saying since the UConn win, which is kind of when I think all of us started looking around like, yikes, to some of the games that they've been playing. Who have, like, what's the most impressive win? At Indiana, a team that's not going to make the tournament. Mizzou at home. Wichita State on a semi neutral. Like, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I'm just, I definitely think there's a chance that this team rattles off three out of five losses at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know what, like you said, this early start is a kind of a blessing probably, but who knows? We may, the way we play at times, we could lose three of these next five against these teams that stink. So it, yeah, obviously the Ken Palm rankings are a concern because it means we're just not very efficient, especially offensively. Um, But it, as long as we keep winning and slowly continue to improve that, then we'll be fine. But yeah, if we're if we're sitting at uh, if we're sitting at thirty five uh, Steelers ball efficiency offensive wise or whatever thirty fifth in the country Ken Palm wise in March, yeah, I'm I'm probably a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I my, my biggest thing is like even though we keep winning, we keep dropping. It feels like it should be the opposite. But again, I don't think it's end all be all. If we're still at 35th on offense by the time the tournament goes around. I don't think we'll be picking us to win a national championship, but yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I sit there and I brought up rise tweet earlier about all those good teams would be, we sit there and fans act like this team's not good. And I do the same thing, but then I'm like, dude, they, they might, they probably have two first team all Americans on the same team. Like why couldn't this KU team beat anyone if they, they played well. Like, I'm not saying they got to play incredible every tournament game, but they should be able to hang with every team they play. And I was going through Ken Palm, and we've talked about this. Like, there's, you can't look at that many teams ahead of us on Ken Palm and be like, oh, they would pump us. Oh, they would beat us. Oh, we'd have trouble with them. Like, college basketball is just not great. Um, like, Kentucky, for example, we, that's, a, I th- that's maybe the most talented team in the country. I think they could win it all. I, I keep I hate that I'm doing this because I hate them so much, but I keep just hammering futures on them. Just finding oh finding good numbers and hammering them. They have they realistically might have five first rounders. And yeah. 
Like they are absurdly talented and if they gel, but what I'm saying is like they beat those guys and two of two or three of our guys were some of the best players on the floor that night. Yeah. It it's a we I mean we say this every year, I feel like, but like it feels like any team in the top seven, eight, ten could at some point win the, like be the best team and be win the national title because I think probably what you could say is Purdue's clearly the best team in the country right now. Uh, but that's a team that just lost to a 16 seed like six months ago. Like, and didn't just lose to a 16 seed, like got thoroughly outplayed by a 16 seed. The guards that Purdue has are not blowing you away by any means. So it, that's the thing. I just like, I feel like we as KU fans get too hung up on, oh, I don't know if this team can win the national title. I don't know if this team can make a Final Four. But, like, when it comes down to games in March, you don't even have to play that good. You just got to win the close games. Like, that 2012 team really didn't play that good throughout that tournament run. They stole one against Purdue. They stole a gross game. Not stole, but they won a gross game against NC State. And then they played pretty good against North Carolina. But still, like, this team, as long as they can just continue to keep games close and win them late, I'm gonna just enjoy it. Um, can but, I? Can I? Uh, I don't know what else about the game you guys have to talk about, but I have, I have to a. Talk, I was gonna say I have to talk about what was going on before the game on CBS. Well, <laughs> I want to read a quote real quick from Self after the game, and then Go we can end, yeah, we, we, can we can end can wrap with, a with rant. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted, you know. You just wanted a rant about CBS. Well, I mean, it was insane. It was diabolically insane. And K-State fans. Yeah, okay. So the nerve. I got something on them, too. Here's the quote from Self after the game. I kind of love it. He said, Self on the flagrant review, I had no idea what was going on until I saw it, and then it was an easy call. Thought Hunter sold it well because if he hadn't sold it, they wouldn't have stopped the play. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was going to say that earlier and it's tough to say this because he got nailed, but if Hunter doesn't fall, like if Hunter's just stays up and is trying to get back on defense because they have numbers, like that doesn't even get looked at. Yeah. Unless, I mean, I think he could have maybe gone and told the guy like, Hey, you guys, they do that sometimes, but yeah, stopping it. It worked out as good as it literally could have possibly worked out for us. So yeah, I love that self is just kind of like, it's the right call. If that's what the rule says, then it's the right call. It just sucks that that's when it happened. And it sucks even more. Cause I love Ernest Uday. I don't even really want to get into the booing stuff, but if you were someone that thought we should have booed Ernest Uday, oh. Tyshawn, Jamari, Ty. like, what are we doing? He, he was going to start for us and we went and signed the best center in the country. Why would he come back and play behind that? I knew I said we weren't going to do this, but why would anyone dislike Ernest Uday? And I'm not, might be back next year. I'm not ruling out Ernest Uday returning senior year to play at Kansas. It's it's something I'd really like to see because I loved Ernest Uday and I hate how about Boston. how about 50% free throw shooter Ernest Uday stepping to the line in the clutch and just draining both. And then KJ Adams, 52% free throw shooter. Like those guys were just Hunter. That. Hunter might be back next year. Like there is no, there's not even a scenario where you can sit there and question why Ernest or Zuby left. Like there's literally not Hunter's not going to get drafted. I don't know if he's coming back next year or not. People say he is. If he comes back next year, obviously that means one of them wouldn't have played a minute this year. Yeah. And next year. 
And then whoever would have stayed between those two wouldn't have started till senior year. And then you're still getting recruited over. You're still, you still have the portal. Um, God, I'm so tired. I forget who's the big that's coming in next year. Top five guy. Oh my God. His name's tough to say. Uh, oh, but Badinga. Bading, Badanka. Badanga. Flory. Flory. Flory yeah. Badanga. Yeah. I was so, thinking about the other dude. I don't like know. Rakis or whatever. Is, is there a guy named Rakis or something? He's, he's a point he's, guard. Yeah. He's point sick. Um, and, the, and college gives you the – I know people say it's the easy way out, transferring, oh, you're taking the easy way out. Like college gives you the opportunity to do that now. So why wouldn't you? Go play right away or – yeah, Kansas is amazing. It's best basketball program in the country. I'd love to stay too. I'd also love to play. So yeah. like, while people sit there and say, like, you're taking the easy way out, I think the rules have just changed. Like Ty, we love Tyshawn's like one of my favorite humans in the world. Jamari's awesome too, but the rules have changed a ton since they left. If those yeah. dudes left, you have to sit out, you have to wait. And then maybe other guys get recruited. Now you leave and you can play right away wherever. Yeah. And Hey, I'd love to ask Tyshawn this next time we have him on the pod sophomore year when he lost his starting spot for a little bit. Would he have, if he'd have got an NIL bag from somewhere closer to home, are we sure he wouldn't have left? Like, I don't know. With the un, with the ability to transfer whenever you want. But, like, that's the thing. Ernest Uday would have been irresponsible to stay at Kansas if he wanted his career to turn out better, I think. Because just look at the numbers. He played 20 minutes today, and Parker Brown played five. That's mm-hmm. the two lives that Ernest Uday had to decide between playing five minutes and learning more and praying that Hunter Dickinson goes pro after this year, or you can go play at a solid, like TCU is a good place. Jamie Dixon's a good coach. Like it was a no brainer for Ernest to do what he did. It was a situation where we did what we had to do and he did what he had to do. And I don't think anyone should have any uh, hard feelings. And yes, Pen that comment. Isaac Mason just corrected me. The Rakis guy is a Wang LeBaron. LeBaron, what a name. I'm recruiting class for names, boys. And I love the <laughs> class, the, the bow tie in the picture. Shout out to Isaac Mason. Don't let me talk about my bow Look tie. at him. Developing but, Baylor has won and still won. Oh, 75 70. Um, upcoming schedule. AB, do you have any tweaks or changes on how you feel about KU starting in the Big 12? Because nope. we, do, we do play in that building soon. And it will be a close game. I don't. Um, no. Uh, I'm sticking with it. Undefeated January, boys. Okay. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure there's no other quotes I want to fire off from self. He said, DeWan had a terrible first half. Say that in his voice. <laughs> B-turn. Juan had awful. a terrible first half. I mean, he was awful. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, he was awful in the second, too. <laughs> until he made a tough one late. All right, point. <laughs> AB, proceed with your CBS uh, rant, and then uh, we can wrap this up. So, yeah, it was a typical Saturday morning. I'm not even morning, afternoon. It was what? 12:45. Morning for me. Morning for me. It was 12.45 or so, and I flip on CBS, wasn't really paying attention to the early games, but <clears throat> wanted to get there early just to see what was happening. And I see a winter storm watch. That's where I'm going to start. 
for <laughs> literally only one county in the Kansas City metro area. And in my opinion, if I were to say Jefferson County, Kansas wasn't in the Kansas City metro area, that's fine by me because no one lives there. There's more people watching this live that live or then live in Jefferson County, Kansas. And they were telling us about this winter storm watch that was supposed to start on like Monday morning or Sunday night. And I'm just like, we don't need this. Luckily, they took that off before the game. My, my real problem that I, you know, started to have. And I was just even more angry about it when Ryan said that Topeka wasn't going through the same thing, which didn't make any sense to me. Uh, (laughs) We had to watch all of Mississippi State, South Carolina, whatever. That happens no matter where you play because TV channels are stupid and they schedule these games in two-hour time slots as if they're going to stay on schedule. They never do, ever. And CBS has no other options for you to switch to a different channel to watch like ESPN will do or Fox will do with FS1. And... It's just like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll watch the end of this game. It's taking way too long. But once this game ends, I don't want to see handshakes. I don't want to see coach interviews. I don't want to see anything. I expect to hear Brad Nessler, welcome to Lawrence Field, or welcome to Lawrence, Kansas, Mountfield House, Kansas TCU. No, the first fucking thing I see is Mike DePasquale telling me about (laughs) being a lawyer and how he was a high school football player, but he went pro in somewhere other than sports. And I'm just like, I don't care, man. You're on every commercial break. Let me watch my game. We had a full TV timeout between the end of that game to when they brought us to Lawrence with 16 and a half minutes to go. I saw one possession and we were back in another TV timeout. Like I, it was just, it, maybe it's one of those things, even saying it now, I can tell I'm fired up and Ryan's just like, what even happened? So you kind of had to live through it, but I know there's a portion of no. the fan base that lived through exactly what I lived through. Brayden, I think you were in the same boat. It was just so infuriating to have no idea. And I know it's four minutes of the game, whatever. No, but I would Your goal is like, hey, you know, I'm ready to watch KU at one o'clock today. And you don't get to watch them until like 120 because it started late and then they joined late, even later. Like that was just, it was not the way that I wanted my Saturday afternoon to start. And I was very upset about it and I let it show. But the funny thing is, not only did Topeka and it sounds like Wichita, we got it uh, from the tip. But they literally pulled the – we didn't have to watch the end of the Mississippi State-South Carolina game. They took a one-possession game and shifted us over to Lawrence. So, like, shout-out CBS. Really, not shout-out CBS. Shout-out WIBW here in Topeka. Um, they know what they're doing. Sounds like KCTV or whoever is your mm-hmm. CBS KCTV affiliate. Uh, well, maybe a little, here, maybe a little funny. Here, here's another comment, and I was going to say this too because I saw multiple tweets about it. People in Dallas, Texas, had the end of the South Carolina-Mississippi State game changed to the KU game. Now, I don't know the distance between the two. I'm sure there are more KU fans in Dallas than Mississippi State or South Carolina. If I were to guess, from Dallas to Mississippi State is probably a pretty similar drive than Dallas to Kansas City, or to Lawrence, I guess. Emporia, Emporia got to watch KU. Everywhere but Kansas City got to watch it. And if they're going to sit there and tell me that it was an SEC school in the game before and they had to make Missouri fans happy, there are zero Mizzou fans that cared about the outcome of South Carolina Mississippi State. Pen Nick Rodriguez's uh, question or comment, I would have lost my mind. See, I would have been, yeah, furious. (laughs) Yeah, but that's crazy. That is crazy. Like CBS, I actually respect CBS though because ESPN, it doesn't matter location, doesn't matter anything. You're mm-hmm. going to watch the end of a 35-point basketball game where teams are still calling timeouts and calling fouls. You're going to watch every second. And then we're going to do a player interview before you get to go to your game. ESPN does it the worst. 
So I respect that CBS actually has the like mindset to be like, oh, we need to switch this to people that want to see this KU tip off. But it's crazy that Kansas City yeah. didn't. But with it's ESPN, crazy. at least they'll put it on ESPN News for you. So you could yeah. just change the channel. That's CBS true. is like, if you're waiting for the KU game, just log into CBSSports.com and watch on there. I was like, so you're telling me I have to go to a literal website. <laughs> I have to create an account just to watch a game on a stream that's probably three minutes behind and grainy? Fuck you. No chance. And the worst <laughs> part, the game going on before, that it was it was over. It was like an eight-point game. Done. Cut it to six. Then there was a four-point play with like 20 seconds left. But then, Miss, who I think South Carolina won. They were up six points with seven Wouldn't seconds know. to go, and to they called it. timeout. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a textbook. This game is going ten minutes longer than it ever should have. Done. Yeah, and it, they just did. Home field via yeah, the crowd. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I wish more people were commenting which city that uh, they got to see KU tip off in because I love that somehow Kansas City, probably the most populated area of Kansas fans, um, did not get to see tip off so hmm. yeah uh that's 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 ab's weekly rant brought to you by ab anything else boys k-state fans i don't know the, the, the only thing i'll say about them this week is <laughs> no 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 it's, it's just, it's, just it's funny it's not going to go on for long it's just one tweet that this guy had that literally made me chuckle um but there was all the like heisman odds thing that went out and i quoted and said like Wow, they're trying to dunk on us for saying our quarterbacks have the same Heisman odds. Good for them. But someone responded to that with just a screenshot of the preseason top 25 college baseball rankings, and it had K-State <laughs> at 20. And I just I just couldn't help but laugh. Oh, North the, Texas. The, yeah. The, you know what? This is a great comment by Cole. I didn't even realize. Of course, that fucking Oh, sense. yeah. Yikes. Uh, thanks, Cole. Cole. Appreciate you as always. Yeah. Pin that one there. Casey Go. was waiting for B turn to wake up to sh- to show the game. Yeah, mm. uh, incredible. I almost didn't do this pod. If you are new, yeah, you took forever. Uh, <laughs> didn't, I didn't realize it was you getting out of bed to come do a I... three p.m. pod or four p.m. pod. Hey, I'll, I'll, are we in a safe space? Yeah, Braden. The first time I got out of bed was when we got on this pod as well. So you guys are. But I was awake are... though. Football's on. I'm gonna go watch that. It I had already Chiefs implications. I had already taken down a Christmas tree to the basement. I was putting away Christmas decorations. It was an awful morning, boys. What so, were you doing guess, on? What were you doing the day of KU's bowl game? Football is on. Uh, what was I doing the day of KU's bowl game? Day after I don't know. Christmas, just, just chilling, just watching football, uh, hanging out. Yeah, we Miles. we had. I was we were we were hosting a party that night, so we were prepping for that. Okay, so. Never mind. I was going to dunk on you and say, "Well, you were chilling on that day. I was putting my Christmas tree away, so I just did it a week and a half before you did." Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's okay. I don't like to take it down before January first. Just kidding. I just don't like to take it down. Period. I'd keep it up all year if they'd let us. If that was so, acceptable. Done. I don't know that you guys have had the experience with cats and Christmas trees. No, nope. these mofos just climb it like it's a fucking toy. So the day Christmas ended, I was like, you know what? This thing's going down. They're not like going to climb up anymore. Toy. It, seriously, it's insane. <laughs> I'll wake up with right. 12 ornaments on the ground that they were fucking with from the top Whoa. of the tree. They climbed all the way up. That would be annoying. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why I, I don't own cats. So, uh, okay. Christmas vacation. The Hawks are 1-0 in Big 12 play. Hey. Like I said, we can all go take a shower. 
we'll we'll pretend that we won that game fair. Uh, I feel a little dirty. I'll say that. I don't feel great about that win, but again, <laughs> you take them. You take it. You don't apologize, and onward we go. And it was a flagrant. That that's by the rule. Uh, I said it. I said the call sucked, and I feel bad, and I am wrong. I didn't say it sucked. I just said it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and I guess I meant like for the time it happened. But yeah, then the you thing. see the replay; it was a flagrant, and as dirty as I feel, like the call was right. The timing just sucks, and uh, for TCU, and obviously, I think some K State fans and Mizzou fans were probably tuned in that weren't very happy. Um, but yeah, it was a flagrant. One thing before we go, quick prediction for Monday night. Michigan, Wisconsin, or excuse me, sorry, Michigan, Washington. Uh, I don't know. I'm having a, I kind of like, is it still uh, Washington plus four and a half? I saw a tweet about that earlier. Yeah, four and a half. And the Washington coach was like, that's our sweet spot. I love Washington at that number, I think, but. I can't decide. Uh, it kind of feels like the story. I mean, a lot of people feel like the story's being written with Harbaugh, kind of going to finally win it all and then maybe head to the NFL. But I feel like Washington kind of gets doubted every week. I mean, they beat Oregon twice. They they won at Arizona, who was really good this year. They were dogs against Texas. People thought Texas would win that game. So I'm kind of torn. I think if I had to bet, I'd probably take Washington, give me over a field goal because um, – I, Penix is obviously unreal, and that receiving room is unbelievable. So I think if any offense can move it against Michigan, it's Washington and um, through, the, through the air. So, yeah, I would take Washington plus four and a half, but I wouldn't blame anyone that takes fighting Harbaugh's, yeah. the sign stealers. Hey. Cheaters. <laughs> Cheaters. Uh, you know where by I the stand, way, boys. Go blue. One last thing. I just saw this on Twitter, but, like, yeah, people forget Jameer Nelson pushed off on that bucket the play before the flagrant. So I couldn't believe that went in. Those don't go in know. at Allen. Is that why is that why Braden's wearing a jazz hoodie right now? Yeah, I'm just saying push off mid range jumpers that almost Michael. decide games in yeah, the eighties. People forget Jordan's wow. people don't even know who Michael Jordan is. How about A B going against Jordan to get Reinhardt all fired up? Well, I'm just kidding. Let's wrap That's this up. Cool. I'm I'm you you guys probably need to go back to sleep. All right, LeBron Michael. Hey. <laughs> who's, who's better? Yeah, let's start a LeBron versus MJ debate, and then we'll get into K-State versus Missouri fans. Cool. Ryan, here, what's your middle name? God, Najee. Michael. So, Named after the great Michael Jackson. Can't say that one either. Um, Jackson? Why? You got a lot to learn about Michael Jackson, my guy. I thought all that was like, He's I'm not going to say greatest that. Greatest artist ever. Yeah, but he's a – I just go read about Michael Jackson. I know plenty about him. <laughs> Is it true? I think so. I don't think so. Really? Hmm. Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. We'll, we'll read up on it. We'll have a 30-minute conversation about Michael Jackson next episode. All yeah. I know is Najee Harris just had a first down and he ran six yards backwards. It was he yeah, runs when, like I, he when I heard on. you say Najee and I looked up, I was like, wait a second, you're just running for a clear first down. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. It's a good time to end. Yeah. We'll see. You. The Hawks are one to know, and it was a flagrant foul. We'll see you. Rock chalk. Uh, wow.